Alright, welcome back to Magic with a K. I'm Danny. And I'm Alex. And today's episode, as we said last time, is going to be with our daughters. So I've got my daughter here. Hi, I'm Ari. And I've got my daughter here. Hey, I'm Jax. And so we're just going to start in with a couple of things. Uh, obviously, you can reach us at Magic with a K for info at gmail.com. And coming up next time, so that way we don't have to do it at the end, just in case we forget, it's going to be uh, episode on the American Pantheon. So we're actually, uh, we both worked on what exactly we think the American Pantheon would look like if, for instance, we had, you know, assimilated from the Greeks or something like that. Yeah, um, so do you have any ideas for uh, characters in American folklore or history that you think would be good in the American Pantheon? Uh, please email them to us, let us know, and we'll go over some of them. But for now, we're going to start up with, so I'm going to start up with my daughter, and basically it's the basic question we're going to ask first of all, which is, so what was it like growing up with somebody who, you know, for, for my instance, could interact with uh, the supernatural and specifically ghosts? Um, well, to start out, uh, I don't remember a whole lot from my years before uh, 10, but I hear stories all of the time about, um, I was able to see uh, many spirits, and I would be able to tell energies, and could tell when a house was haunted by just driving by it. Um, I would wail and cry and uh, have fits, um, and my dad uh, would actually talk to a lot of the spirits who tried to talk to me, um, who would scare me because I was two or three at the time, and um, he actually would tell them, like, you need to go somewhere else because she can't help you. Uh, she, she's a child. She's a toddler. Um, but growing up, what I do remember a lot um, is the different times where he would go out and go ghost hunting. Um, like actual ghost hunting, go to houses, even sometimes with friends, and they would go and spend the night in a house or a place that was haunted, and um, they they would just commune and um, sometimes even cast spirits away, um, even sometimes uh, demons uh, that he would come in contact with. So um, that's what it's like growing up with my dad being able to do what he does and see things um, and just growing up knowing that I'm not the only one in the family that can see and <laughs> feel and hear and all of those things. Alright, um, so Jax, what was it like growing up um, with a witch as mom? Frankly, um, as far as me growing up, it didn't feel that much different from any of the other kids. I thought they were weird. I thought they were the weird ones, turns out I was kind of the weird one, <laughs> as I learned about in middle school. Um, <laughs> that's when people started bringing it up. <laughs> and by bringing it up, I mean low-key making fun of me. But um, I always thought everyone else was the weird one. Um, they, they would get their Ostara baskets a week or two late, I think is about the time frame. Depends on the year, but anywhere from a week to three, four weeks late, yeah. Yeah, um, they'd be going to school the day after All Hallows Eve, like, it, it was weird to me, but mm. I, it, it took me a while to realize that that wasn't the, the norm. Right. <laughs> that I was, uh, with the people around me, I, I thought what, I thought I, everyone, 
Um, I thought everyone celebrated Yule and Ostara. <laughs> I thought everyone had little tortoiseshell necklaces that they wore in <laughs> kindergarten. Right. <laughs> um, turns out they didn't. But it was cool because I got to brag about having a real tortoiseshell necklace. <laughs> that was actually a conversation that happened once or twice while I was in elementary school with other kids. Yeah, so um, uh, turtle shells are often used as amulets, especially on kids who have um, some sort of abilities to help shield them before they're old enough to be able to control it themselves. Mm. So um, for my son, he is very empathic, and all those emotions bombarding him were just really, really difficult. Um, for Jax here, Jax has my animal abilities and um, some ability to see other spirits, and it was a it's sensory overload. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't really point out any point in time where I've been able to see anything, but that's probably because at this point I tune it out, <laughs> oh, <laughs> just yeah. out of habit. Right. However, the several animals in my house can attest to the. The working with animals <laughs> sometimes such as what happened a few nights ago at the expense of the new year's eve party when i tried to let the dogs in because i felt bad for them being outside <laughs> but yeah so it's it's always kind of interesting obviously to see how the kids kind of grow up with us mm -hmm. you know knowing that you know okay hey this is kind of normal for us especially at this point and yeah, like she was talking about, it's early on. Yeah, she had she had some different spirits come and talk to her and stuff like that. And then they would talk to me. And uh, there were a couple of a couple of times I had to salt the house and different things like that just to make sure that nothing was trying to really get in to talk to her. Because once again, yeah. young I child. Have, I have a very vivid uh, memory of uh, when I was really young. I uh, in a house that we lived in. Uh, there was these there was this couple that mm -hmm. kept visiting me and I was like four at the time mm -hmm. I think and I remember um, we had salted the front door um, and my parents were away at the time and I had um, one another family member uh, who was babysitting me and I was just screaming and wailing and crying and I was I was telling the family member I was like they're here they're here I am just screaming and um, she ended up calling my my dad um, and she was like what do we do they're here like mm, she mm. she can't get them to go away they won't leave her alone and he said tell her to tell them leave me alone mm -hmm. and I had never done that before and um, from what I've been told I, I screamed leave me alone at these two ghosts and they did. They left me alone, um, and then uh, my dad came home to take care of them and tell, <laughs> and tell them to go away and like <laughs> leave the area. Um, and then they never bothered me again. Yeah, I just uh, sent them back to their house. Gotta love people pleasing, even with spirits. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so you talked about uh, Loki, and your mom's told me some of that as well. Uh, he seems to be the one that is basically somebody you communicate with, right? Oh uh, yeah, pretty much on and off. Um, most of the time I lose things and he helps me find them. Um, 
<laughs> him trying to get in contact with me originally was amusing because I didn't realize he had any relation with spiders. Oh, and I okay. kept finding spiders everywhere. Like, um, there were spiders, like, living on my windows, and I found... There were, like, two different spiders that I found in my shower. One of them was there twice, and I had to scoop them up and hmm. get them out because I was trying to use the shower. Right. Maybe they were, too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, the water droplets are kind of as, were kind of as big as they were. They were not large spiders. Yeah. But, um, they... I just kept seeing, like, spiders everywhere, and I was wondering what was going on, and I was mm -hmm. like, this feels like something. I feel like this is someone trying to get a hold of me. But I, and so it never occurred to me that spiders were a Loki thing until I had been scrolling through social media on my phone, and I kept getting th um, things about Norse mythology and Loki, and I was like, and I went to mom, and I was like, hey, mom. I'm not, if I'm scrolling through TikTok, for example, and I keep getting Loki videos, does, does that mean something? And she was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> and I was like, huh. And she was like, H have you been seeing a lot of spiders around? And I was like, spiders are a Loki thing? Yeah. <laughs> Turn, turns out it kind of makes sense. Eight-legged horse. Right. <laughs> yes. That That happened. And of course, he looks like Tom Huddleston, right? <laughs> Whenever I picture him, I definitely no. For anybody that doesn't know, instead. that's the guy, the actor that plays him in all of the Marvel universe stuff. Yeah, I have, I have. Seen so is Loki a blonde or a brunette? That's a that's he, he's Loki the flame haired. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> he's a redhead. <laughs> no, uh, um, Loki is also a sheep shifter in right. uh, the lore. So Loki is whatever color hair Loki wants. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's also he, she, they, and right. I, I tend to I tend to use any pronouns interchangeably with, with them because they are well, yeah, gender I mean, non-conforming. If, yes. if you've watched the, uh, the Loki series, you know that because that's the multiverse type deal. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Loki and Sylvie. That's, that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, uh, but, you know, all those spiders, have you ever been bitten by a spider? No. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so when we say that we have these animal abilities, so... Um, I think the worst I've ever encountered animals with an animal was don't. I spooked a miniature horse and he kicked me. Mm. <laughs> but it, it, he kicked me very lightly. So, like, um, animals don't talk the way people talk. <laughs> but if you have um, the ability to commune with animals like we do, you can sense their emotions. You can get an idea of how they feel. Um, you can kind of project emotions to them so they understand you. Um, and yeah, so I, they've seen me, I can walk up to strange animals, I mean sometimes even wild animals and just walk right up to them and pet them because, you know, it's about knowing the animals and, you know. Yeah. Of, of course you do have to take into account natural behavior for the species, but mm -hmm. like, yeah. I've, I've never really had any negative experiences with animals that weren't already provoked. Right. Remember, <laughs> don't pet bears. 
Bears will kill you. Yeah. Don't like obviously <laughs> yes, obviously exercise caution. <laughs> Just because the tiger is friend shaped does not mean it is a friend. Mm. Mm. If no pet, why friend shaped? <laughs> <laughs> teeth. That's why. Teeth. Teeth. Don't, don't boop the snoot. Um, not all snoots need to be booped as as right. boopable as they seem. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But um, um and we do have a lot of animals in our house. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's like Doctor Doolittle over there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I personally I have my leopard gecko jerboa. I've had him for a few years now, at this point, and then I have a little tarantula slime named Tourmaline. And actually, recently was her first New Year's, which I realized and I thought I found it very cute. She didn't care very much. <laughs> I think she was mostly confused as to why I was holding her. Well, she is a spider. I mean, she's a spider that's like yeah. She's the size of my thumbnail. Right. She's, she's a she's a slime. She's a baby. Yeah. But she was very confused as to why I was holding her, but I, I found it very adorable that it was her first New Year ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we yeah we just it's it's also kind of fun just walking through life with uh, the ones obviously that and you know I've got a couple other kids as well. And they exhibit eh, somewhat abilities, um, a little bit differently. Cause I got one that's obsessed with electronics, so that tends to dapper down that. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's always funny to see how. So like you know, for instance, uh, I've never I've never had her in any of my rituals. Um, uh, so I've never introduced her to any of the angelic presences that I work with um, and we've you know we've talked about different things like for instance she's got a book on um, witchcraft and she's of course got access to my library that I've got mm-hmm. and of course we've got a good friend obviously here that I'm doing the podcast with that has you know talked to her about other things yep. and she's friends with uh, her, her daughter as well so you know it's not like they don't hang out either yeah uh, but you know, it's. I guess it comes down to usually most of the most of the work. I would say when you when you're working with entities is yeah, like we've talked about before on here, is usually one on one type stuff. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, like you know, for instance, you can get a group together and work with an, an entity or group of entities that can happen as well. But you know, most people, especially nowadays, it's yeah, it's usually very personal. At least over here. Now I'm sure it's probably different in other cultures, but over here in the western culture it's just I mean, like most of our friendships most of our friendships are one-on-one friendships mm-hmm. you usually don't have group friendships I mean, type stuff. that's kind of how it is over here because of the fact that um there's always a lot of hate towards um anything that's not christian and christian i mean like the religious <laughs> christian whether you're catholic or um uh methodist anything like that like any denomination most of them translate the bible to mean that any form of anything that's not god worshipping is evil Um, I've even been told before by southern baptists that um, seeing spirits is a a demonic thing Um, because like I I didn't come out and say that I could see them but it was a lesson they were teaching saying that if you can see them then the devil, oh. the devil is is doing something to your mind, and yeah. um, 
Yeah, I remember so, when you came home from that. Yes. Yeah, that was funny. It was, it was very traumatizing yeah. to be told that um, whenever I've been told my whole life it's a gift from God, because that's what um, we believe is that God is our creator, um, but not necessarily that we are religious, um, just that we believe in God. Um, but then, of course, we introduce these pagan ideals, and that can mean anything. Um, pagan is a wide paganism <laughs> is a wide range of things. Oh yeah, and I've yeah. learned that over the years as well. That um, witchcraft is only a small little bit of what pagans identify themselves mm -hmm. as. Uh, yeah, um, and some even don't. Uh, some pagans believe in God and worship God, and then pra practice uh, Wiccan. Mm -hmm. um, which is what I feel like we, as me and my dad, are more towards, is the Wiccan side of things. Um, not necessarily that we're good or evil, it's more of a, it I'm more good. Of a gray area sometimes. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Objective good and evil is a whole bag of worms. Yeah, we yes. went over that in yeah. one of the earlier podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like, at what point? Do y'all think you realized that there was something different about, um, as far as, like, your spirituality, the occult, something different between what y'all grew up with and what all of your peers were experiencing? Um, personally, I think it was when I started high school. Um, I started mm. kind of opening up my mind a little bit more to things that weren't so, like, strictly one way or another mm -hmm. um i i knew that like i can see spirits i feel things all the time i can feel energies um i started buying crystals more i started investing time into reading books about ghosts and magic and um just investing more time into these things instead of just strictly being like okay I know this is evil and this is good and all of those things because it's not always the straight and narrow. And so I kind of was just opening myself up more to the possibility of the fact that God's not going to smite me if I, you know, buy some crystals and smite use their me, energy. Smite her. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and reading these books about magic. Like, he... In the Bible, if you want to use, in English, um, witchcraft, like, um, he says witchcraft in the Bible to the translation that we use here, um, and it, sa it does, it says witchcraft, don't practice witchcraft, but at the same time, people use that to say any form of magic. Right, so basically, and we've talked about this before, but... And when she started asking those type of questions, basically that it's a misinterpretation of the of the actual Hebrew and Greek. What it means is necromancy. They didn't want you practicing necromancy, which is um, horrible. Don't ever. Well, do it. It, it's it can be it can it can cause a lot of problems. There are people that know how to do it, and that's fine. Um, but and the other part about it is it's just the necromancy they were talking about, especially in the Old Testament, was trying to figure out the future from the dead. And that's what it was a warning against. Uh, it wasn't necessarily about, you know, not talking to ancestor spirits or anything like that. It was those people were specifically trying to get information about the future from the dead. And that's what was forbidden. Uh, in the New Testament, 
it actually talks about sorcery and the sorcery once again they're still talking about is usually necromancy uh, when you actually dig into the Greek and that's what it actually meant in the Greek was usually necromancy because uh, there is um, a passage in the Odyssey uh -huh. where Odysseus talks to right. um, a prophet who has died <laughs> to get information about the future so that was really the, the sort of practice that they were trying to discourage right um, I was today years old when you when I learned that was even a thing that could be done. What necromancy? Specifically in the attempting to get information about the future from oh, spirits. Right, and the I think well, one of them, they just they don't have any more information about the future than you and I do. Well, and I think the yeah, the other reason for the warning is the fact that usually if they do have any information, it can be really out of whack. Yeah. So, because, once again, as we talked on the last podcast about ghosts, ghosts don't have a sense of time, and therefore, the information they give you, if it is in the future, it could be beyond your time. Mm -hmm. I, you know, you'll be dead and gone, yeah. at least physical body will be dead and gone, before any of what they tell you comes to pass. Now, that can be cool if your name is like Nostradamus and you're writing quatrains, uh, which, by the way, is not what he did, but it's, it's one of those, if, if you were doing that, then okay, maybe that future information will help somebody else out, but not you. Um, or it could be they tell you something that happened, like the example that you gave, yeah. which was a bank robbery 50 years ago. Yeah. Well, okay. So they don't have reliable information, and therefore trying to get that information is probably why it's in there is, hey, don't do this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also... It's also a caution against black magic, is what it really is. It's a caution against doing that. It's just like the, uh, <laughs> it's just really funny, one of the, the Ten Commandments, right? Everybody's familiar with that, and I'm not talking about the movie with uh, Guns and Moses, uh, but I'm talking about... <laughs> the what? Guns and Moses. You've never heard that reference? No, Oh, I yeah, yeah. Because, well, because of who starred in the Ten Commandments. Well, no, no, no. I, in the actual movie that they made back at the uh, Cecil DeMille one that they made. Daniel Day-Lewis? No. Or who was it? Way older than that. Oh. Uh, so, you, <laughs> that's why that joke's in there. It's a movie you haven't seen. You're right. Uh, but I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> well, no, it's actually a really cool movie. It, they did a, a lot of practical effects stuff. It's it's a it's a really cool movie. It's it's really cool. Um, and you, you'd probably be impressed by some of it. It's It's pretty neat. Uh, especially when the sea opens and they get to walk through. That was really cool. Um, but anyways, so <laughs> getting back on track here. But when they talk about, in the Ten Commandments, about um, not cursing your mother and father, they weren't talking about swearing, okay? They were talking about literal curses that people would put on their mom and dad. So it's like, yeah. hey, don't do that. I mean, because that, that was just, you know, like any, any angsty teen was. I mean, right. You would, well, no, even adults. Or, that was the other thing. Because it was they, like, they probably don't do it. learned stuff from being in Egypt. In for Egypt, so long. yes, because of the Egyptian secret schools, which was one of the reasons. So okay, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go down this rabbit hole for just a second. That's one of the reasons in the in the Exodus. Remember, which Moses wrote, right? Uh, according to what all's there, uh, when he came into the palace with Pharaoh and his wizards. Right, and he threw the staff down, and it turned into a snake. They could do that too. Mm -hmm. Now Moses' staff ate the other ones, which proved he had higher magic than they did. But they could still do that stuff. Yeah. That's why the first several plagues that came on, they weren't impressive to the Egyptians, because the Egyptians were like, "Oh, we can do this too." Maybe not to this extent. It was the later plagues that got to them because they're not able to duplicate that. Yeah. Um, so. 
that's the whole deal with that. Now, anyways, we'll go back to <laughs> what we were originally here for, which is to ask some questions of you guys and get your all's feelings on it. So, at what point did you start realizing that you were different from your peers in that aspect? I don't think there was any specific point outside of when I started going to school <laughs> and regularly interacting with people. However, I think the most notable event I can trace back to the earliest I can recall would be um, my when I my first Girl Scout troop. And Alex knows the story. Well, yeah, because I'm the mom. <laughs> yeah. So what had happened was. What happens? <laughs> um, we, um, we had had this meeting, and I had been in this troop for a little while. I think at this point, like yeah. not super long, but I'd, I've been. You actually helped start this troop. Yeah. So, um, I can't recall off the top of my head, but there is something in one of like the mantras of scouts about religion and it's referring specifically to Christianity and God and I had at some point made a I think I at some point made a comment about what if I don't believe in that God and while the exact details are lost to me I have been told I came home crying my eyes out because I was told I can't be a Girl Scout if I'm not Christ if I am not Christian Hmm. Okay. So that was that was an experience yeah. right there. Kind of left a bad taste in my mouth of Christianity. I've kind of got I've gotten over it since then, for the most part. But yeah, as evidenced over. by having Christian friends. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Um. And and you did. Uh, I contacted the troop leader, and she said, "Oh, we didn't say that, but you know." God is an important part of Girl Scouts. And I said, well, we have a religion. It's just not y'all's. Um, and it was just, it became a very awkward situation and we found a, a different Girl Scout troop that was much more accepting of us. <laughs> Somewhat. Uh, Except for, for a while. One person. For a while, wow. at least. Um, and, but yeah, no. Uh, so, um, but you know what? In some aspects, there were some things I think about, like, I never wanted the kids to grow up thinking, oh, this is secret. We can't talk mm -hmm. about this. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, maybe don't go and tell everyone everything because you end up locked up in a mental hospital. Right. People do think you're crazy sometimes. Yeah. yeah right. Which is the sad part. Yeah, that, that is very much a lesson I picked up on my own over mm, yeah. over time. Just learning that it's better to stay quiet about certain things than to talk about them. Right, and I, I always told her, it was kind of one of the things that I got told when I was a kid, which was like, yeah, you you can do that and, and that's okay, but don't really go around telling people that you can do that. And if you do, then don't expect them to react good. Don't Don't expect them to be okay with it mm -hmm. um, they might even like not want to be around you anymore um, which mm. I mean that is an occurrence that happens sometimes and yeah that that because that happened to us in our scout troop yes um, we would get um, 
kind of covertly excluded, like we wouldn't be invited to certain events mm-hmm. with yeah. one of the girls we were friends with because um, her mother had an issue with it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the unfortunate part, obviously, is yeah, you, yeah, you got to deal with that, especially as a parent. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, well, all right, we'll just we'll try another tactic here and yeah. go a different route. Oh, yeah. But yeah, overall, it's you know, I, it happens to everybody, and, and I realize that as well. It's like just depending on what you're doing and and where you're growing and how you're going about things. And you know, we've joked about on on here um, about the fact that yeah, we just you know, you you blend in with the muggles, so yeah. to speak, you know, and as long as, it, that's that's the funny part, everybody, as long as they think that everything's going in the same direction, they're okay, mm-hmm. but it's any time you shake that reality ball, they tend to get upset, mm-hmm. and obviously being able to, yeah, communicate with spirits, do anything beyond the what's considered normal, then yeah, that tends to upset Everybody, which is also the reason that, like, if you read any books on the occult and actual practitioners and stuff like that, one of the things that's always in there is the fact that one of the reasons this isn't widely known is because most people can't accept it. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely comes to that matrix theory that right. um, some people are just so reliant on the system they've built for themselves that even that trying to break them from that system, they'll fight it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And as you guys have talked about, you all have seen that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, we're talking about, we've got two here that are about to graduate high school and they're going to go out into the bigger, the bigger world to, to conquer the earth, so to speak. And yeah, it's one of those, thankfully, and I will say that thankfully they've already, they've already got that knowledge from us about the fact that, okay, Hey, things are going to, you know, be different, but you already know that things are different. And it's a bigger, wider world out there than what most people know. Um, I mean, that's also where um, I feel like Jax has probably become more accustomed to it, but learning to be alone um, mm. in yourself and be okay with having time to yourself. Um, I've always struggled with that, um, just needing to be social and have friends and things like that. But um, I've come to learn over the past several years in high school and make friends who are similar that I don't I don't have to talk to them every single day I don't have to call them all the time and we can just text every once in a while see each other every once in a while and then like be basically don't even know if they're dead or alive for a while and then just <laughs> randomly get a text or call out of the blue and be like hey how you doing um, well, you'd know if they were dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'd like to think I'd, I'd notice if my friends died. Yeah. Well, they'd come around. But that that's where, Happens. like, learning. I don't know if I'm learning this, yes, but uh, those things. She probably would. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, learning those things that, like, that you you can confide in certain people about things mm-hmm. that are, are like the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, and making friends that are able to handle that information or that are like you and talk you can talk to them about it because sometimes it's a I don't know what's going on I don't know what I'm doing and I need help kind of thing and that's also where having um, a parent and even a friend who has a parent and they all know (laughs) all of the things about um, any kind of magic or 
seeing things. Um, well, and I, I think that's where y'all benefit, where, say, maybe we kind mm -hmm. of didn't have that benefit, mm -hmm. whereas y'all had to navigate that world as children as, like, okay, how much do I tell people? How much don't I tell people? Oh, wait, I said this, that blew up in my face. Um, we didn't necessarily have to navigate that world as children, but as teenagers and young adults, y'all do have this older generation to come to, whereas I didn't yeah. have that at all. Yeah. Like, I can't, <laughs> I couldn't call up my parents with this kind of stuff. Or you and your Catholic upbringing. <laughs> nothing nothing Wh against Catholics. It just Which is the really funny situation. part about that, is you would think that, frankly, in that denomination, They'd be really more open to there's angelic a, contact and all kinds of stuff. There is an absolute Catholic to pagan pipeline. Oh, yeah. That exists. All the ritual and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's easy well, for I mean, a lot of even them. Even in, like, Methodist. Like, Methodist yep. strays very close to um, Catholicism. Oh, yeah. Well, that's who they broke off from. Yeah. yeah. And they, I feel like... From my knowledge, the Methodists are actually a little bit more ritualistic than Absolutely. Catholicism. Absolutely. Um, um, so I've been to Methodist churches, I've been to Southern Baptist churches, I've been to Catholic churches, um, and I would say that the, the Catholics are very, I think the Catholics are probably more ritualistic than the Methodists, in my right. experience. I got you. Um, but especially, like, um, it's... When I was a kid, it was very much you wore your Sunday clothes to church, right? And that's a less of a thing that's done now, correct? Um, and I think Catholics were like the last people to let that one go. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, mean, I, I mean, I know that there are even still some Catholic churches where you you wear your Sunday. Clothes. Well, I mean, you right. wear your church clothes. In, in in Catholicism. You have to like also always be touched up by the Pope. Like in in a lot of the other religions, you're not you're not touched by a holy person. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Personally, met the Pope, and nor anyone who did. But there's, there's like a sort of a the cardinals, the bishops. Yeah, yeah. There's like a telephone tree, if you will. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, it always it the concept of having this like most holy person who was like a convert was always weird to me being raised um, pagan. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I was, I was always kind of thinking about it like this is a this is a personal thing. Right. Like, L Loki and I, it, we don't need, like, a metal man. If right. Loki wants to get a hold of me, he gets a hold of me. Right. Oh, yes, he does. Well, and see, that's <laughs> the funniest. Usually buy a lot of spiders. <laughs> and see, that's the funniest part. We've talked about that, too. I don't necessarily know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've talked about it off air. It's one of those, you know, so, if, frankly, we go to basically a Southern Baptist church is where we go. They like to say non-denomination. They do, but that's what they are. Um, and it's really funny, but it's the whole thing is, you know, you talk about it, you talk about it in, you know, the small groups, talk about it in Sunday morning worship, about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, then why, why do I need anybody other than me and him? Yeah. You know, and so like what she's saying about Loki and about like any usually yeah, spirit entities. Right. Very it's much. a personal relationship. And, and we've said this a million times when dealing with any entities, it's about relationships. Right. Um, and <laughs> I feel like that's also why, um, like for me, I got baptized at a young age. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have like a pastor baptizing me. Right. Because I didn't believe I needed. I had my I had my dad baptize me. He baptized me because of the fact that I believed that like if God is my father, then 
my father on earth is the one who should be baptizing me because of that personal relationship I have. Yeah. Instead of mm-hmm. some other person that I don't really know that well be baptizing me in the name of God. Like, I don't know this person that well, and yet they're saying to have all trust and faith that they can baptize me in the name of God. So, and it's, I think it's it's interesting because, say, Jax here grew up in this very, uh, you know, pagan household, not part of organized religion, very um, freeform thing, and ours is, okay, is that part of our religion? Well, you go back to your literature, and you go back mm-hmm. to your gods, and you go back to your relationship, and you mm-hmm. figure that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of, not all, but in a lot <laughs> of organized religions, you go to the structure yes. and they tell you what the correct answer right. is um, and, and for some and for people that works and if that works for you great it just doesn't work for us so when you grow mm-hmm. up in that very much I'm sorry your pastor told you what well yeah. I mean do you agree well but that's what the pastor said or that's right. what the the rabbi or the priest or whoever said mm-hmm. okay yeah but I asked what you thought right and that's very much how it always was for us. Right. And, and that, that's why I, I have always asked my parents. I always go to my parents first and ask questions. Mm-hmm. I don't usually go to some other adult. Um, I mean, I come to me. I, I, yeah. But I, I, most of the time I go to my parents to ask them questions about mm-hmm. things that I'm not sure about. Um, and sometimes there's things that I'm scared to tell my parents. So I come, I go to Alex. Um, and because we all need adults <laughs> in our life yes. that we can trust. Yes. Right. Um, but that, that's where, like, I've never really thought that, like, I need some other person to give me validation about a question when I have people that I already trust that can give me an answer mm-hmm. that I believe and trust in right. instead of some answer that I don't know if they, if they know for sure, if they mm-hmm. can give me correct advice. Right. And... Yeah. You know, that's what it boils down to is the fact that, you know, forming, like I said, personal relationships and therefore, you know, you can go and talk to, you know, the spirits that you interact with, the gods that you interact mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, it, the personal relationship thing, rather than if you have an organized structure, usually remember organized structures are there for one thing, control. That's what organized structures are usually about is control. And as long as you are in control then the organized structure usually works pretty well yeah it's usually when things get out of control that those organized structures break down really fast and everybody's running around pitchforks and torches and you're burning Rome to the ground that type of deal I mean they they usually blame people who don't like the control for that fallout but most of the time it's just because the organized control was not very organized (laughs) Or in control anymore. Or in control. Or too controlling. Yeah, yeah or too mm. controlling, right. And therefore, you know, it, it's always kind of really funny that no matter where you go on this planet, people will, they'll, they'll put up with a certain amount. They really will. Whatever but there's a point. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it it's in different cultures, it's different ways because of different thinkings and different uh, programming. But for the most part, yeah, it's one of those, they will break away from too much control. And you will reach a point where that happens, and then you'll see what we're talking about with pitchforks, torches, and burning down. Now, of course, usually the first people that get killed in those type of situations are usually the people that are seen as the quote-unquote freaks and the outliers and everything like that. Hence the reason, always be able to blend in with the normies 
So that way you can be the gray man, mm-hmm. that type of deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's been really good to have you guys on. Appreciate your all's time because yep. uh, I know y'all are busy. So it was nice to have you here. Mm-hmm. And like I said, next time we'll be talking about the American Pantheon and what we came up with for. And it's just going to be a fun show, by the way. It's going to be all about who we think would be in charge of what if if that was the case. Yeah. Uh, Probably and, ideally a lot less heavy than this one. Oh, moments. oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it's one of those. There'll be there'll be a lot of brevity. Oh yeah. Well, it's just like for instance, I came up with an idea that while uh, my daughter was talking about, you know, we're going to talk about several episodes later. We'll talk about baptism in different religions because. Christianity is not the only one. No. Just FYI. And when we, in our religion, don't have our concept of baptism, we do have something similar. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. We'll go over that. All right. Well, I'm Daniel. And I'm Alex. And we will talk to you next time.